Yeah, and I DVR. I DV. Oh my god. DVD. I DVR. I DVR. DVR. another episode on the Big Dane podcast and today I have a lovely guest with me. Who do you ask? Well, it is certainly Matt Warnock. Hey ho, I'm back. What's going on? Oh, you know, COVID and stuff. (laughs) Just COVID. Yeah, just COVID. (laughs) All right, so we'll get into it in a second. Let me give you a quick update on my walk. I actually have like some some updates, surprisingly. Um, so I was on the Schuylkill Trail, right down the river there, and going for a jog actually. And I saw this little creature just scurry across the trail. I was like, what is that four-legged thing? And I thought, is it a mouse? I think it was a mouse because, you know, you can tell when it's like a chipmunk, right? You can see the little stripe on their back, and they're so cute, and they they run real quick. I was a chipmunk for Halloween one year with my best friend, my childhood best friend, Chippendale. Shout out. And, yeah, so it was like, oh, is that a mouse? You know, you kind of get your blood runs cold, you know? You know what I'm saying? And then, actually, on the same day, right, then I turn around, I'm coming back, and I see this pretty, pretty yellow bird. Yeah. And it had, like, this black stripe on the back, so I really didn't look up the type of bird that it is for this episode, but, I mean, if there's any bird experts out there, please let me know. Okay, so... Yeah, that was pretty much it. So just going to remind you real quickly before we get into it to be sure to listen to bigdamepodcast.com slash podcast. All of your platforms are there. So pick one, subscribe. It'll be great. You know, love it. And then please leave me a review. I just want to hear what you have to say, right? So go to ratethispodcast.com slash the big dane podcast okay so you have it and now we're gonna get into inventions that uh, you know they go unnoticed so we're just gonna talk about a couple different things that i think you know realistically they're very simple right but it's like we kind of take it for granted and we don't really think about what like even more about these things so to kick it off we are gonna get into drumroll the backpacks crash symbol insert <laughs> For guys i need board. to <laughs> get my soundboard going so Okay, so to start off first, really actually dates back to 
3300 BC. So, yeah, it dates all the way back to 3300 BC, which is super far back, right? But I'll just kind of speed it up for you because when we think of a backpack, we think of all the zippers, all the compartments, right? So, really, it was 1938 when the first zippered backpack was created. And where was it created? Um, hmm. Boulder, Colorado. America. Yeah. Made in America. That's what I'm saying. And it was Jerry Cunningham. Um, he didn't like how the rucksacks um, from being in the military slid around his back. So he used his father's sewing machine to create a nylon bag with zippers and I'm kind of like as I was you know just kind of mentioning that I'm kind of laughing with the sewing because I feel like back then you know especially with it being like very gender roles and you know specific in that way it's kind of interesting that this article had mentioned that that his father's sewing machine right it's like whoa yeah it's not his mother's or grandmother's sewing machine yeah, so, I don't know, I mean... It's, we... it's really fascinating, because uh, it makes you wonder, so this was in the early 1900s, right? So, did gender roles switch sometime in between there? Like, when the nuclear family came around in the well, 50s and 60s? Yeah, I mean, and I'll get into it right after this, because we're going to jump into purses, but... Yeah, I feel like things switched around back then and then somehow switched back to like, oh, women and purses and, and women and so, you know. But I think when it really started out, it was like the men that kind of started with this and then things start to shift like after like the war and things like that. But um, I'm not trying to open a another beer in I'm his trying, I'm trying to be baby cooler trying to be inconspicuous about the zipper sound i have all kinds of funky sounds on Speaking my episode zippers. so like <laughs> you guys been hearing me like slugging down beer so i think you're we're getting, all good here you're getting experienced enough where you're so, like just zipper the damn <laughs> yeah so it's i don't know it's like yeah i feel like we take it for granted and we don't like really think about like oh well it's just a backpack but it's not just a backpack i mean someone created someone thought of this yeah like we did carry so much stuff like how much more can you carry with a backpack that you couldn't otherwise otherwise like you can carry your phone your wallet and your face mask Okay, well, that would be for a purse, but yeah. Well, yeah, or a purse. I mean, I'm talking from a guy's perspective. We have pockets, so. Well, I have pockets, too. That's how I buy, like, all my clothes. I'm like, does it have a pocket? You have secret pockets. Especially, like, dresses in their pockets. Like, come on. Gotta look out for these things. Um, No, but really, I mean, because you think, like, you know, you go to preschool, you go to kindergarten, you know, literally your entire life of school, it's like you have a backpack. It was always the excitement for me, like, oh, can I get a new backpack? (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I've had the same backpack since college, and I just turned 30 a few weeks ago. (laughs) I will say I probably didn't 
I remember getting like an LL Bean one, you know what I'm talking about, like typical, but um I always like preferred like a dark color for things, like whether it be like sneakers, whatever, a purse or a backpack so it doesn't get so dirty. So I got a black LL Bean a book bag. That's another word. Book bag instead of backpack. It's branding. What else? <laughs> so um but then i like had that maybe it was sophomore or junior of high school but then i like kept that through college and then even like traveled with that a little bit just because there was like it was good quality and then i had like so many different compartments zippers that's what i love the most but yeah okay well there you have it the backpack 1938 peeps now purses i mean all of us women maybe even some men you know they have some sort of satchel or i think some of us say man purse at least that's what i tell my dad i was like dad where's your man purse because he'll just like lose things and before you know it now we're locked out of the car right and then we're like shit like now what i didn't know your dad had a man purse true story peeps i've never seen him with one wow i'm looking forward to seeing him (laughs) (laughs) he used to have it a lot when he was still working so now that he's retired like you know i'm gonna see him tomorrow so i'm gonna ask him about it (laughs) tell him ask him if we can get photos with him and his man purse oh that's a fabulous idea so we could pose (laughs) yeah um but i think also too like with his background like he's german and i think he also saw like his cousins have this too and so he felt like comfortable like getting a little like again i what i call a man purse because he puts like his wallet in there like it wasn't a stigma in that culture yeah 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 so so anyway so the first modern day purse was envisioned in 1841 by a great entrepreneur of the time named Samuel Parkinson. Hmm. Uh, Parkinson requested a set of traveling cases and trunks for his travels. And also, what? Okay, uh, I'm afraid to say this, but it says literally in this article, and also a case for his wife. Now, to me, the way that I'm reading it is that he's shoving his wife in a suitcase and closing her up like a coffin. <laughs> what else do you think it's for? <laughs> it's just odd the way they have it. It's called a wifey case. <laughs> uh, ew. So, yeah, I mean, all the way back to 1841. And now there's so many different purses, so many designer purses. I like to look for the discounts. Not really big on designer. Like, I don't know. I think the one brand that I would buy a lot from was Fossil. I really like their styles and the quality. Um, Other than that, then I'm going to Nordstrom Rack to get like a discounted, maybe Kate Spade or like something that seems a little fancier. I guess. But to me, like, I don't need the brand. I just want to be a quality, affordable, and some some zippers and something that's going to fit my wallet. But not, like, too big because 
you know, I'm not the biggest person, so I'd look funny with one of those large, large bags. What do you think came first, the purse or the fanny pack? Ooh, that we have to look up unless you're looking that up now. No, <laughs> I'm just, before I look it up, I want, I want what you um, think. Hmm. Probably, well, I, just, I feel like it's all like relatively the same because I think where it really stemmed from was like kind of back to like, the military and they would have these little kind of purses right that are like attached to your belt so it's like that's kind of like a makeshift fanny pack so when so when did the fanny pack come out then what are they saying 1980s 1980s you want to see the photo on the wikipedia page oh you'll have God. to put this in your show notes but it's pretty hilarious um <laughs> oh it's only a side view <laughs> you can't really see it, but it's this it's this middle aged looking woman dressed in a blue top. She looks very patriotic. She <laughs> She's looks, a red penny she looks bag. Very patriotic, kind of like a Karen, but with black hair. She's got a big belly and a fanny pack that's hanging on the bottom of it. I love a great fanny pack. Heck, Matt got me a fanny pack for Christmas. Well, I asked for it because I really wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty great. Like, hands-free. I'm walking around. I don't have to carry anything. I'm just, like, it's around my waist. It's a Kate Spade one, right? It's a Kate Spade one. And it's a great color. It's like a like a fuchsia, a pop of color, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy how much has evolved and how there's l- so many different kinds out there. So, anywho. Yeah, so now we're going to get into the sunglasses. Yeah. So sunglasses were around for a while, but when they really started taking off was when they started to be made cheaply, like plastic, and were able to be mass-produced. And what was interesting is uh, they were started to be made from a celluloid uh, by a guy named Sam Foster in 1929. And he started selling them first at Atlantic City, New Jersey. Bam! And Local. Yeah. And he was selling them under the name Foster Grant from the Woolworth on the Boardwalk. So AC Boardwalk! I'm a, yeah, so I'm like picturing that as like one of those side stands or small shops you see on the boardwalk. Yeah. So, I, I honestly, person, not to get too deviate from the topic, I honestly love visiting those small shops on the boardwalk because they usually have some, like, interesting stuff to sell. Yeah, I think it depends, like, what, which one, or, like, I don't know, because you have those shops that are, like, the cheap sunglasses, but then I'm sure there's the other ones that are a little bit more, like, high-end and, like, better quality, because I remember going to the boardwalk there and then yeah getting a pair of sunglasses but they were just like i just wanted something cheap and i don't really care and that was that but yeah and now like there's yeah again like designer and like i mean of course yeah and like all like protecting your eyes you know from 
The sun rays. SPF, prism. I feel like I need to get a new pair of sunglasses. So I had gotten a pair four years ago, and this was before my trip to St. Martin to see my cousins. And I had a gift card, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a pair of sunglasses. So I had gone to the outlets up in what they call, and I think it's funny, Philadelphia outlets, and it's nowhere in Philadelphia. It's in Oaks, and, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, Oaks or Collegeville, whatever, same little vicinity there. And then I went to the Sunglass Hut, and this woman helped me. It was great. Like, cause sometimes you kind of need that guidance. Like, I was by myself. I was just shopping around by myself, trying to get all my stuff for the trip. And then I really only paid, like, $50 because I had my gift card. So it was, like, $100, technically. And I got some Versace, otherwise known as Versace, says uh, my brother Scott. We really? joke around. We're like, oh, yeah, Versace. Oh, really? yeah. No, but we joke. Like, he'll say that. But because I think we had gotten, like, perfume and, like, cologne or something like that a while back. But, um, yeah. And then I was, like, kind of upset because it was uh, embellished, like, around, like, the edges. And I could, you know, I think I dropped them, like, once. And, like, all of the, all of the embellishments started to fall off. I was like, are you serious? I just spent... $50, like, aka $100 on this. And then, not to get too far off track, but, so then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to contact customer service. Well, their customer service is shitty because you try to reach out to them and it's only like you can email them, which is bullshit. Like, why can't I just speak to someone? Like, what kind of world do we live in? We're living like, in an do I need to world. go, like, drive my car to your building where leslie's typing away back at me like no right and sunglass hut they're under a whole nother parent company so i don't know but long story short they didn't get back to me um so yeah i need to get a new pair um and then yeah i mean continuing on with summer how about the flip-flops? Uh, my flippy floppies. Flip-flop. Flippin' burgers, you ain't... Uh, I forget the lyrics. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the I'm on a Boat by The Lonely Island. Mm. We got our flippy floppies. All right, well, you have okay. to look it up. It's wow. pretty funny. I'm sure some of your listeners have, have heard it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think the first thing that comes to my mind of, of like, how far it's dated back is, like, the Egyptians. Because they, they basically had flip-flops. So, yeah. yeah. The, Greeks. the Greeks had sandals. Yeah. So, literally, it's, you know, as far as far back as the Egyptians, 1500 BC. And then it descends from the Japanese, which became popular after World War II, as soldiers brought them back from Japan. So is Japanese Zori? Zor? Uh, Zori? I don't know what that is. Rolling my R, I don't know why, but I, don't I know did. What that's accent symbol is for. It's like a horizontal line over the O. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. But hey, so many different kinds 
I remember, like, in high school, it was, like, Old Navy, Hollister, go get, like, all, like, every single color you want. Buy everything from us. But Hollister would charge you, like, a ridiculous amount. It would be, like, $30 for, like, rubber flip-flops. I was, like, I could go to Old Navy and, like, buy them for, like, $2. Yeah, what the hell? That's overpriced. Kids, Um, don't fall for that scheme. Those flip-flops probably cost 50 cents to make. Probably. I wonder, well, I haven't even, well, I mean, who has been shopping, right? But I'm wondering what Old Navy has these days or, like, what, what they look like. Because I, I don't buy, like, those kind of flip-flops anymore. I Just because my feet aren't, like, the greatest. Got me some flat feet over here, so if you can imagine. So, um. Pancake feet. Well, you have flat feet, too. Get yeah, out of so here. I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> But with all, like, with jogging and then all the sports that I did, it's, like, all that pounding and, like, basically a bunions. Pounding. So when I say bunions, people are like, oh, is that a – are you talking about a warrant? No. Are you <laughs> – No, sir. No, ma'am. You're like an this old lady. Be like, oh, literally. bunions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my aunt had to get bunion surgery and shave off her bone on her foot. So it's obviously, like, hereditary. But – um. So, yeah, my bone is just sticking out. Anywho, um, we'll just keep it moving along here. And how about... Let's get techie. Yeah, we're going to get a little... So, how <laughs> often... think of a word. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take this. <laughs> so, Go for it. how often do you think about that uh where your remote your tv remote came from or like where it was first incepted that that's we're not me. talking about lightsabers that's me turning on the tv <laughs> no it's not that's you turning on a lightsaber <laughs> and me turning on the sound bar <laughs> uh-huh. i'll get my lightsaber it makes the same exact sound no <laughs> i'll reprogram it so it makes that sound you just made because we have it on recording now all right, so when – tell us when – how did it get started? So the first remote was intended to control a television. Well, yeah, it, it, that's what it does. It still does that. Um, it was actually developed by Zenith Radio Corporation in 1950, which is, yes, the same the same Zenith that we all know. We all love. know. Yeah. Are they even a good brand? Not anymore. They used to be. <laughs> Not I, to like, not to go on a side yeah. tangent. Not to well, bash the not brand to bash either. them. Just it wasn't a brand, I guess, that we would rely on, or like, yeah. we would always be like Sony because we knew like they lasted long. So then, I feel like when I heard like any other brand, I was like, oh, is that even good? When I used to work for Circuit City, I would have customers come in and specifically request to only buy american-made tvs which was really challenging because the only <laughs> the only tv we had that was american-made was zenith and the only tv oh, okay and the only tv of zenith that we had was a like a crt tv like those tube tvs oh <laughs> so i'm like yeah this is all we have and you got really pissed so this is our selection uh yeah selection of one he was so mad I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is just how it is. And he was just, he foreign? or No, he was American. Wow. 
I don't know. I Maybe mean, I give them props for trying to support American businesses, but sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you gotta go elsewhere so anyway zenith ended up calling this device the lazy bones and (laughs) yeah and uh it was connected to the tv with a wire so imagine having to deal with that on a regular basis Um, yeah because i mean as far as we remember it's like we always thought of it as like a wireless remote yeah, with this. We never we saw. Yeah. We never saw a, a, a wired remote. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when was the wireless ro- remote? My God, I can't speak. When, when was ro- say that five, ruga, five ruga, times fast? Say that five times fast. I can't. When was so, the wireless remote? Why I feel like wireless. Like I, I'm having <laughs> trouble with my Oz. <laughs> anyway. Um. The, the first wireless remote was called the Flashmatic, <laughs> and it was invented in nine, 1955. It was Stop invented laughing. at 955. 955. Oh 955. By Eugene. Poli. Poli. I was going to say Polly. Poli. Is it Poli or Polly? Well, I sorry, Eugene. P-O-L-L-E-Y. I'm going to say Polly, like Polly Pocket. Say what you want. I'm going to buy a Polly Pocket now. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, but, so, I mean, think about it. It's been around for, like, 1955. That's so... I'm, so, I'm holding one of my hands So, right I'm now. thinking... I'm not going to say it because then my mom will be mad. So... Uh, what? <laughs> now I'm really curious. <laughs> I know your mom listens to this. Okay, I was just going to say anyway. So, as old, as young as my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Good catch. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, but that's a long time. Sorry, Mrs. Trimborn. It's interesting the things that we still have today, and yet they were developed so long. But things like the remote... I mean, even with all the streaming that we have, we still have some sort of remote, mm-hmm. right? So, could be your phone, could be the actual remote. Yeah, or how about okay? I feel like I remember going to friends' houses, and then and they had remotes. This would be like high school or whatever, but then there's like ten remotes. I'm like, the fuck, like. Well, oh, which yeah. remote do I use? <laughs> they definitely have And it's like one for the satellite, one for the VCR, a third for the TV, a yeah. fourth for my butt. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not even going to say. I'm, not, I'm just going to stop right there. But then it'd be like a six for the PlayStation, you know, like. Holy hell. Who has a remote for a PlayStation? I don't know. <laughs> Just making stuff up, obviously. Whatever. Well, since we're on the topic of TVs, <laughs> let's talk about, like, the VCR and the DVR. Oh, my God. I love the VCR. <laughs> so, like, so, so you're literally one year after the wireless remote was invented, the VCR was invented, and it was a produced, it was a... The so, first video cassette recorder, that's what it stands for, VCR, video cassette recorder. Yeah, so what year? 1956. Um, but it only had a 50-year lifespan, surprisingly. But it, it, uh, it actually revolutionized the movie industry 
changed television watching habits and triggered the first quote-unquote format wars um, and it started to make people question what uh, copyright really meant and establishing um, fair use and like pre-justice and all that stuff. It's interesting. I wouldn't have thought like copyright, but I guess. Yeah, because now you can know. distribute the content. Yeah, for crazy people. And you could like, you could insert, remember how many times did you put in a blank VCR to record a TV show or something like How that? many times did you record over TV shows? Record, yeah. Record over a porno <laughs> or your mom's wedding or your parents' wedding or something like that. Did you? <laughs> No, I never did that, but I've heard stories. <laughs> oh, that's awful over your parent, like someone's wedding. God. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember. I mean, similar, but like not quite the same. But I remember when I was doing. Um, it was like for the Mardi Gras parade in Lansdale, and I was I was in band then. So like that point, it was like kind of like a taste of marching band because it wasn't marching band but it was like i'm in band like i play the drums i'm in percussion so i had my snare drum and i'm doing the parade and it's like yeah i'll record it's your last year (laughs) records and then records over (laughs) so they don't we can't watch it because it's not existed so (laughs) yeah so video cam cheers (laughs) (laughs) but yeah for real though um yeah i think i think that the fact that vcrs people started recording shows on vcrs that like led into like the dvr the digital video recorder and that was invented in 1999 by anthony wood um and that ushered in the era of on-demand viewing and i think that really paved the way for like for everything like else netflix like pretty much everything kind of like today. yeah it just went right into the streaming but i mean 1999 i honestly didn't think it was that early uh, to me i thought it was like 2005 <laughs> or like well for us the late 90s and early 2000s kind of blend together yeah i guess but but yeah i that... think it's also a matter of like when actual like um like the TV providers actually picked up on it too, so maybe they didn't pick up on it right away. Like, oh, that's that's a joke, or maybe they didn't accept it. I don't know, but well, yeah, I think that was definitely the pretense at the time because streaming was invented <clears throat> in the early '90s. Uh, it was mainly for video, but then by like a, a company named Starlight Networks, but. They mainly used it for audio streaming so if dvr was invented in the late 90s it streaming had or uh streaming had time to develop so that it could just compl- like completely take the way yeah and here we are today streaming but yeah, i mean you're streaming right now i will say like just because my dad's a little bit older so he just kind of sticks with what he knows and doesn't really branch out too much with technology so he'll be like yeah so um yeah and i dvd r i dv oh my god dvd r i dvr dvd r sorry i dvd r matt jesus christ 
he'll be like, yeah, I DVR'd, uh, you know, diner drive-ins and dives and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, thinking in my head, dad, he DVR'd. I mean, who, I, I haven't had cable and had, have, haven't had anything like that since I left the house, like, when since I was left, living. Le- left for the war, yeah. When I was living with them. And now we just stream everything because, plus, I never watch any live TV. I think the only thing I watch live is, like, the news, but that's besides that. So, yeah, peeps, that is a wrap. Click. (laughs) (laughs) Not a turkey club wrap, but a wrap of this episode. So, hope you learned something. Hope you're ready for trivia again. Maybe a virtual trivia. Who knows? But maybe we should start streaming these on Twitch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like are you ready are you ready to see how we really look in real life because <laughs> no they know what we look like what yeah, is this but i mean like candidly <laughs> oh my god yeah you'll see my chronic bitch face you'll see it all um you see my chronic bitch face no so <laughs> so that is it for today i really hope you enjoyed it give me some feedback crack a beer Crack a beer, sit back, do a review. It'll literally take you one minute. Um, yeah, ratethispodcast.com slash the big Dane podcast. And please listen on the big Dane podcast.com slash podcast. And there you can choose and select whatever you most enjoy as a platform maybe google podcast spotify or itunes apple Podcasts. yeah 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 so be sure to follow me instagram facebook for all my updates and some weird shit on my coffee account all right we'll catch you next time peace bow, bow, bow. <laughs>